Welcome to the Do Something Beautiful podcast. I am your host, Leah Darrow, and I share with you inspirational people who are truly doing something beautiful to make our world better. This podcast is inspired by the words of St. Mother Teresa of Calcutta, who said, do something beautiful for God. Do it with your life. Do it every day. Do it in your own way, but do it. Welcome back to the podcast. We are in, let's see, season three. I don't know why I just forgot about that. Season three, episode three. And today I am speaking with Rachel Holmes. This interview came about in a very interesting way. So as you know, I often talk to people who aren't necessarily on like the public circuit of speaking and, you know, all of that stuff, which is great because there's everyday heroes all around us. And as I started in season two, just incorporating more of these people because they're amazing and they're wonderful to talk to. So as I have on my website, leadero.com, and I have a podcast suggestion format or form that you can fill out and you can suggest people or yourself to be interviewed on this podcast. So just so you know, that's available. So I have this up and it was one day, a couple of weeks ago, I kept getting these emails from these students at Eastern Michigan University. And I got like a couple emails and they were all saying, oh, you've got to talk to Rachel Holmes. You got to talk to Rachel Holmes. And I was looking through like the two or three of them that I received that day. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I just taking a look at it. And then I woke up the next morning and there's like almost 10 more. And I'm like, what? I keep getting all of these emails from students at Eastern Michigan University nominating the focus missionary, Rachel Holmes, for me to interview her. And I'm thinking, okay, I can't, I mean, I can't ignore this, right? Like, what is going on? And I'm reading through these emails, and it's not just a quick, like, Rachel Holmes because she's great. Like, these students are giving stories, personal accounts, and witnesses of how this one person has you know, through Christ, single-handedly change their lives and deepen their relationship with the Lord in the ways that Rachel does. So obviously I went with this and I'm like, okay, Holy Spirit, here we go. So I reach out to Rachel. She agrees to do the podcast. What Rachel doesn't know in this interview that you're about to listen to and what she is just finding out now as she listens to this episode is that what I have done is I went ahead and I interviewed Rachel. And anyway, I mean, it's it's so great in some ways surprised me. I mean, I thought she's going to be a great gal and she's going to do some stuff how she shares Jesus. But honestly, how she shares Jesus and the very simple ways that she does, it's, I mean, it's inspiring. I'm not kidding you. I know I use that word a lot on this podcast, but I'm telling you something, people, you're going to love it. Like she is just, she is deep. She is authentic. She is just really doing something beautiful. So I interviewed her, but what I did that she does not know about is that I went ahead and reached out to all of these students. And I said, okay, listen, here's what I want you to do. I want you to record in an audio, you know, file, like how great Rachel is. Like, like, what does she do in your, in your life that was so great? That was so beautiful. And so these students actually responded and I got back all of these files and I couldn't include all of them because all you would hear is about an hour's length, you know, testimonial of Rachel Holmes, which is wonderful. But I have taken a select few and we've just kind of, sprinkle them throughout this interview. So you're going to hear Rachel, but you're also going to hear some of these students from their voices, from their hearts, talk about how one person shared Jesus with them and how that affected them and has changed them today to be disciples of Jesus Christ. I have goosebumps just saying those words. It's really inspiring. And I'm just so thankful, so thankful for, for Rachel and people like Rachel 
who just decide, you know what, to live their life for Christ and they do it with such courage. So I'm going to go ahead and stop talking so you can get to the interview and hear this fantastic, fantastic conversation with Focus Missionary, Rachel Holmes. How you doing, Rachel? I'm doing well, Leah. How are you? I am fantastic. I'm so excited to have you on for people to hear what you got to say. Oh, I'm glad to be here as well. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Rachel Holmes. So you are a focused missionary, correct? I am. Yes. Okay. So why would you do that? (laughs) (laughs) Great question. Well, I mean, it's as simple as that I met the Lord when I was in college. I went to college. I went to the university. Yeah, I went to the University of Illinois for my undergrad. And I went in as a freshman. What did you major in just by chance? Just curious. Oh, no, that's totally fine. I majored in advertising. Advertising. Okay. So you went to the University of Illinois. Did you have like a typical college life in terms of like living like the Lord doesn't exist? Or did you, were you pretty formed and, you know, grounded throughout college? Hmm. Good question. So my parents raised me in, you know, a very faithful home. We would go to mass every Sunday, but I kind of compartmentalized God. And so I, when I entered college, I was kind of living like a foot in the world and a foot like in the church. I would go to mass on Sundays, but I then like would definitely fall into all the temptations that there are in college, particularly in the party scene. So I was like, I don't know, living on the edge of both, not really sure what I wanted or what I wanted to do, whether I wanted to like go full force, like, all right, yes, Lord, I'm totally yours, or I'm going to act as if you don't exist. But God is good. And I went to a party one night early on my freshman year, and I came back that night and I just sat in my dorm room and I recognized, I think this was a special grace from the Lord. I recognized that I was so miserable living out that party lifestyle that I just felt very alone in it. I felt like I was just trying to, you know, build up my own identity or trying to find myself in the interactions that I had at these parties. And it was coming up empty. But I went to mass that next morning. And I really had a profound encounter with the Lord's mercy. And just like, I think he really became real for me for the first time in that moment. And very so what do you mean? Like you had this profound encounter with the Lord's mercy? I mean, I can say the same thing. And I know that for me, what, what that was, but like, what was that for you? Did you, were you praying and did you just feel like God was merciful and would, of course, forgive you of, of any sins that you've had and will make you new again? Or did you experience that grace in the sacrament? Like, what do you mean you encountered his mercy? Like, what, did, what was that for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, mercy is God's love encountering our brokenness, right? And so, I went to mass that morning and I felt my brokenness. I felt very ashamed of all of the things that I had been doing, especially the night before at that party. And I just, I didn't feel like myself. I very much felt broken. And I remember sitting there and I think that the Lord allowed me to feel that brokenness and, and kind of that shame because he was going to cut through the clutter of everything that I had been building up in my life and everything that I had been building up in my heart to really bring his message of love to me. Actually, so I mentioned that I studied advertising and that's essentially what the goal of an advertisement is. So we're we're bombarded with media messages every single day 
And the goal of an advertisement is to cut through the clutter of those other messages to get to the consumer and have them act upon it, right? So like have them buy their product. So that aside, that's really how the Lord really spoke to me. So I experienced his mercy by sitting in my brokenness and in my shame. But the priest got up and shared a homily or he shared a message. And essentially it was as simple as this, that, you know, the most devout Catholics that he's ever met in his life are those who are seeking out a relationship with the Lord because God knows us so intimately, so perfectly. He knows the very number of hairs on our head. And once I heard those words, that was like the message that cut to my heart. And I didn't realize that God was so personal. I didn't realize that he was a loving father that was with me and in me. I mean, I had heard all of these things, you know, my whole life, but that was the first time that I really listened and really believed it. And then in that moment, I looked at the very front of the church and there's this beautiful marble scene of the passion, right? So Jesus on the cross and Mary and John there and Mary Magdalene kneeling in the front. And I just looked at Jesus on the cross and I saw true love. Like I saw perfect love. And I saw that even though I was feeling, you know, this shame and this brokenness in me, I knew that he still loved me because of what he did. And that was the mercy that I felt. And I mean, it was powerful. It was like a wave of, I mean, it's hard to describe it. It was like a Mm -hmm. wave of, of love that just like went from my head to my toes. Amen. Amen. Praise God for that. Yeah. I mean, it's so beautiful about in those encounters that hopefully we all have. I mean, if you haven't, trust me, it's coming for you. But those encounters that you just described, it's so, um, I think it's important to remember that God will never reveal our brokenness without first revealing his love for us. Mm -hmm. And so we can, we can view through God's lens of his love for us, our brokenness. And that's how we don't go into despair, right? That's how we're not able, that's why we, we're still living today because we realize that, yes, we have that brokenness. Um, yes, we've made choices um, or maybe things have been done to us regardless, but there's, there is this shame and brokenness that accompanies not living the life that we were made to live. But we can see when we, when we encounter that, we encounter that through the lens of God's love, which gives us ultimately, which what I hope I'm not taking the words out of your mouth, but it seems like mm-hmm. it just gives us, it gives us hope. Mm-hmm. Hope that we can do better. Hope that there's actually a better life for us. Hope that maybe, you know, you can turn your life around and something can change in your life. So it sounds like obviously, even from this experience, considering you're a focused missionary, you had this profound moment of encountering God's mercy and then something changed for you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. God's grace was abounding. One of my favorite verses in sacred scripture is John chapter 10, verse 10 where Jesus says, the evil one comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy, but I came that they might have life and have it in abundance. And I really do feel like the Lord gifted me with that after encountering his radical love, encountering, yeah, his beauty, his love, and his mercy, even in the state of my brokenness. And yeah, he brought great healing and great love and abundance of life. And, you know, from that moment on, my life changed. I mean, it wasn't like this dramatic night and day sort of change. Like I needed time to like kind of root out some of those particular things, like really trying to step away from that party scene, you know, but God put people in my life all throughout the rest of my college experience that helped show me his love and helped me walk closer and closer to him as well. And that was just so beautiful. So, so beautiful. 
one of my first few days on campus, I ran into Rachel and the other Focus missionaries. She invited me to come to Mass that Sunday, and I did. I came to Mass, and I encountered Jesus Christ in a way I never had before. If she hadn't invited me that first day I ran into her, I wouldn't be where I'm at in my faith now, and I have her to thank for that. So that's what you decided to do now is walk with people so that they may know the Lord. Is that correct? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it was shortly after, you know, I had this encounter with God's love that I got much more invested in a Bible study that was led by a student who was involved with FOCUS. And just for those that might not know what FOCUS is, FOCUS stands for the Fellowship of Catholic University Students. And a student was leading the Bible study that I was in. And I mean, oh my gosh, sacred scripture. It just like became so alive for me and so real and so rich and so beautiful. And I just was eating it up. I was loving, loving the discussion in Bible study. But even more than that, I was loving the witness that the women showed me of authentic love and of true friendship, a friendship that was really centered on the Lord Jesus. And that helped introduce me to women who are you know, still my friends today and are definitely going to be lifelong friends. And they've shown me the love of the Father through their relationships. And that definitely inspired me in pursuing you know, being a focused missionary, really feeling this call to do mission work because I want everyone to know the love, the mercy, the beauty, and the truth of the Lord and His goodness. But I also you know, know that we need to walk with one another on this pilgrimage to God the Father in this life and then, you know, God willing in the next in eternal life. Yeah. So basically to sum that up, yes, absolutely. Those friendships helped lead me to be inspired to be a focused missionary and walk with other young women in their past. So how did you do that? I mean, did you decide this before you graduated college yourself and then apply? And then how did that process work out really quickly just for people, if they're interested to know how that works? Yeah, absolutely. So With Focus, we have different recruitment weekends. So, you know, this is my full-time gig. I'm a recent college graduate that has decided to join staff with Focus, and they actually train me and put me back on a college campus so that I can reach out to students. So I made that decision during my senior year of college. And just like I was looking at other jobs, I was looking at, you know, other marketing positions, other advertising positions. Being a focus missionary was one of the things that I really looked into and started praying much more about. And I went on a recruitment weekend and we have a few of those each semester and they're at different cities across the country. And I just went to one of those and I interviewed, right? So it's it's a job interview, but much more than that. It's a true discernment weekend, which I absolutely love because they get it. This is a call, right? Right. So we so we went to the recruitment weekend and we started with prayer and we got to share our testimonies and we got to talk about how much we love the Lord. And then the next day, you know, we interviewed. So I was asked questions and I answered as best as I could and they were crazy enough to hire me. But yeah, for maybe any of those, you know, of you who are interested in maybe looking in to becoming a focused missionary, you can actually go online to focus.org. I believe it's focus.org slash apply. But if you go to focus.org, it has all of our information about the organization and you can look into what those recruitment weekends will be this upcoming year. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. So 
Let me get back to like what you're doing now. So you are currently now at Eastern Michigan University, correct? Correct. Yes. Okay. So you are there and you are a focused missionary on that campus. And I just, I have a couple of questions for you. I'll give you two right now. And so from your experience in college, and like you said, you had like one foot in the party scene, one foot in the church scene, and you were just trying to figure out exactly, I don't know, what was going to work? How are you going to balance that? Could you do both can or not? So with all of the party scene and everything you experienced in your own struggles as a practicing Christian, as a practicing Catholic in college, do you see the same struggles in people today's first question? And then do you see any different struggles today in college students that you did not experience? Like, has time changed so quickly? Because you've only, you're a recent college grad, but has time changed so quickly that there are new struggles now that people are dealing with? Mm. Yeah. So, well, one, absolutely. I think that the, the Lord has definitely placed women in my path who have had very similar struggles. And I'm so grateful for that because then I'm able to, you know, introduce them to him and his love and his freedom, especially if they're, you know, encountering the party scene like I was. Right. So absolutely. I encounter those women who have very similar struggles to me, but yeah, absolutely. To your second question, there are, are struggles that I have noticed women having that I never would have really imagined. Yeah, some of those being as time has gone on since I've graduated college, I've noticed a lot more well cohabitation. So I'm not really understanding why men and women shouldn't live together. So there's that. But also, I think too, with trying to navigate even the like the transgender issue too, or even eating disorders or struggling with pornography and masturbation. Like these are some pretty heavy and almost taboo subjects to talk about. But those are a lot of the things that I'm encountering with these women that is actually really beautiful to talk about and to navigate through with them. Hi, my name is Amanda. Rachel has just meant so much to me because she's just really challenged me to find my identity as a daughter of God. That's something I've always known in my head, but recently it's transferred to my heart. She just really challenged me to sit in the satisfaction and love that comes from being with Jesus. And I've just really, really found a lot of joy and value within that. So thank you, Rachel. Love you. I mean, you're right. I think it's been crazy to see how quickly some things, some challenges are showing themselves. Not that they were brand new and have never, you know, that's the first time they're showing their heads here in real life, but they seem to be more prevalent now. Like some of the, the things you just mentioned of porn and eating disorders, transgender, masturbation, cohabitation, they seem to be more prevalent today. So like, how do you address over all those things? I mean, you've obviously given your testimony, I'm sure, to people and you witness by your very life. And I know that that's compelling. I know that, that when people see that, when guys or girls see the fact that like what your life was like before regardless of how far you dived into the party scene or not, it's just the fact that you experienced unhappiness and what the world offers. And you gave God this huge chance to fill every void in your life. And it's brought you this intense amount of happiness and joy and a place where you know where you can have your problems kind of worked out in a sense with the <laughs> Lord. It's not like it's perfect, obviously, as I know as well, coming 
from a place of reversion too. But at least you know where to go when you have problems. But how do you deal with a lot of these issues when girls bring them to you? I mean, like, where do you begin when someone comes to you saying, like, look, this is where I'm at. Yes, I was born and raised a Christian or a Catholic. I've been to church. I was raised in a pretty decent family, but I've gotten into the party scene. I'm out. I'm drinking. I'm sleeping with guys. I know it's wrong. I know that's not what I should be doing, but I can't seem to break the cycle. And I'm just scared that, you know, what I'm, or just scared in general, scared to change and scared what people will think of me and scared if it will really make me happy or not. Like, how do you approach a woman coming to you with that? Mm -hmm. Like, what would you do? Like, I mean, seriously, like, she comes to you into your room, like, in the middle of the night, it's 2 a.m., and she's like, okay, this is it. I've screwed up again, and I'm clearly unhappy. What do I do, Rachel? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Put you on the spot. But, I mean, I have a feeling that a lot of people listening either know someone or they themselves maybe are in the same issue or have this issue. So like, what would you tell their past self or themselves now to like give them some hope or, or, or a place to go? Because a lot of people don't have, most people don't have focused missionaries walking with them in their journey with Christ. Mm. And so yeah. what I'd like to do is kind of bring your voice as a focused missionary to every listener, every person listening who has these same struggles, maybe, or at least knows somebody who struggles with this. Maybe it's their daughter or granddaughter, it's them themselves. I mean, but so like, what would you personally, how do you think God would speak through you in this type of scenario to speak love and hope into that person's soul? Mm, yeah. Well, something that I heard Dr. Ted Street say just about a week ago, he said that we are not models of perfection, but we are models of a process. And I thought that that was so beautiful because even walking in the Christian life, like I am not perfect, but I'm on this journey to heaven and it's the Lord that's working on and transforming my heart. And that's what he did from the beginning when I first encountered him. But I think to answer your question, I laughed a little bit at first because I actually have an example of a student that I that I've been walking with this year and grown in great friendship. And so I think to answer it, I just want to give a bit of an example. Yeah. Um, so a student came to me and she is wonderful. I met her last year at the very beginning of the school year at this, you know, thing we call move in magic. So it's where a group of people help the, the freshman students move all their stuff into their dorm. Right. So my team and I were excited. We were going to meet a bunch of students. We we're going to help serve them by moving their stuff in. And I happened to meet this girl who is in a sorority. And she and I just chatted a little bit. She chatted a, a little bit with my team. And I invited her to come to mass that next day. And she wasn't so sure. And I was like, well, if you're there, I'll be there. And I'll come over and say hi. So the next day is, is Sunday. And, and she ends up going to mass. And I see her after mass. And we start chatting a little bit more. And I walk her back to her sorority house. And from there, just like honestly started up a very simple friendship, right? So we would get coffee together every once in a while and just chat. And then I invited her to come to my Bible study. So she started coming to my Bible study and everything was fine. But once I continued meeting up with her, I would meet up with her maybe once every couple of weeks. We actually started growing in a friendship and she started to open up about a lot of the things 
that she had struggled with in the past and was currently struggling with in her life. And honestly, just opened up so much to me to the point where, I mean, I was in tears because I would never wish some of these things to be brought upon my, you know, worst enemy ever. And I was, yeah, I was just in tears listening to her. And the first time I met Rachel Holmes was in 2015. She was walking with a couple Dominican sisters and another focused missionary. I was lost and just wanted to find new friends on campus that I knew I could count on to help me grow closer to the Lord. Thankfully, Rachel Holmes was able to be just that to me. She's always been so consistently loving and joyful towards everybody she comes in contact with. And I'm just so thankful for her friendship because without her, I never would have seen the simplicity and beauty of what it looks like to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Words cannot describe the gift that Rachel Holmes has been in my life. And she really is doing a beautiful thing for God. It's amazing what we all go through, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, you see people on the outsides and just the exterior and everything can can look fine. Mm -hmm. And we do such a good job of pretending we're okay, don't we? I mean, God, I... Just drives me crazy that we do that, but at the same time, I get it. You don't want to look like you're constantly a you know chaotic mess, you know, so people don't feel like they need to start GoFundMe's for you just to get through your day. <laughs> like I get it, but at the same time, we so often can get used to that process of covering everything up and pretending like it's okay. And I'm not saying that's what this young woman did, but. It just reminds me like you were shocked at this point after she reveals all these things. And I'm sure the very first time you met her, you never would have thought that she was dealing with all of that, whatever yeah. that was. And it just reminds me, it's a quote. I don't know who said it, somebody, but it's, but it's something to the fact of we are all going through a, some type of crazy battle and that we don't know anything about. You know, everybody is going through their own struggles that we don't know about. And it's so important. <laughs> To be kind and to sometimes reach out to people to see if there's something that you can do. And sometimes it's as simple as what you're doing, you know, just being intentional and grabbing coffee and then allowing that to naturally flow out. So so all these times you kind of start having coffee with this young woman over and over and she starts revealing really what's going on. And mm-hmm. it's it sounds like it's a lot, right? Yeah, absolutely. And it was. It was a lot. But what I was able to share with her was the gospel message. I was just able to really share the gospel with her and helping her see that she's not in this struggle alone, that truly Christ is there suffering with her and desiring to bring her out of it and to pull her out of it. And it was, you know, it's beautiful. I was able to share the gospel with her, but that's also not one quick fix. You know, you can't just you know, share like, oh, Jesus is going to save you and then have everything be totally fine, right? The beauty of it is that I still got to walk with her in the midst of that. This was this was a year ago and we're still friends. She's still in my Bible study. And she, you know, she has heard about the gospel over and over again. But what's beautiful is that I can see her growing and her transforming really before my eyes because she has true authentic friends who like really care about her, who really love her and who want to hear her out when she does come over to our apartment at two in the morning um, to share what's going on in her life. And I'm there to cheer her on when she tells me about, you know, this amazing experience that she had had in prayer or 
telling me about a lot of the the women in her sorority that she's also reaching out to because she wants to share God's love with them as well. So even though like, yes, she shared a lot of, a lot of that pain and a lot of that struggle, it's just been beautiful to listen, to hear her out, to hear when things are hard, but also when things are really beautiful, to share the fact that Jesus is the one that saves and that he will pull her and tra- he'll pull her out of all the darkness that she's experiencing and that he will transform her heart and make her new. He says in, in Revelation, behold, I make all things new. And just being able to walk with her in that and actually seeing this transformation in her and the desire that she has now to share that love with others. Amen. Praise be to God. And praise be to God. I mean, what an awesome experience that you get to have a front row seat of the workings of the Holy Spirit, right? Mm. I mean, God works through you to reach out and speak truth and love to others. And you don't have to be a focused missionary for the record to do that. Like you just have to be open to God and have let him love you. And then when that happens, God wants you to share his love. He does not want you just to keep it to yourself and get in the quiet corner and, you know, say the, say the divine office every day. Like, go out, <laughs> mm-hmm. meet people, <laughs> smile at them, buy them a cup of coffee, buy the, you know, pay for the person's coffee or meal behind you in the driveway, reach out, donate money, maybe to some great cause, or go out and just be with someone, just be and listen to someone without having to always say what you think they should do, but just to listen. All of these are amazing ways that we can reach out and love people with the love of Christ. I mean, and I'm sure, Rachel, you you are familiar with this, just being a focused missionary, but one of my favorite gospel stories, and anybody, if you're a regular listener to the podcast, you you know what I'm going to say. You know what I'm going to say. But I will talk about the Samaritan woman in John's gospel, John 4. And it is amazing to listen to. It's amazing to read when you look at how Christ approaches this woman, right? So I'm thinking of like these women that come to you and I'm making up scenarios of just because of my own college experience, but, you know, scenarios of someone coming to you at two or three in the morning being like, what just happened? What did I just do? I need someone to talk to, right? Mm -hmm. And so I always, now I can look back to John 4 and I read the Samaritan woman And I see how Jesus responds to this woman, in a sense, who's coming to the well in the middle of the day, right? And as we know, like, that's not really what you normally would do. You would go and gather your water for the whole day. Every day you have to go and get, usually every day you have to go and get new water from the well. And you usually go early in the morning so that you have it for the rest of the day. And it's also cooler in the morning. So it's just, it's a long walk to the well, long walk back with the water. So you make it easier on yourself. Well, she's going in the middle of the day where it's hot. There's no one else there. So you can kind of discern that she's probably not living a life where she has a lot of friends. And as we read in John's gospel, as you know, Jesus just strikes up a conversation with her. It's just, in a sense, like what you were saying, Rachel, you just went and had coffee with her. Jesus is just having coffee with the woman at the well. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's just sitting there and he asks her for a drink, right? And then that's just starts this awesome and beautiful question and answer dynamic where Christ asks us questions. And the beauty of it in this question-answer dynamic is that the answer is Christ himself. Christ asks us the questions, and he can't wait to give you the answer, which Mm -hmm. is him. It's him. And so in that encounter between the Samaritan woman and Jesus, as they're going back and forth, and he slowly reveals her brokenness, she comes to the truth to see it in light of 
this man's love for her to talk to her about the things that really matter. And then there's an amazing conversion that happens. And she obviously, as you know, goes back and she tells the town all about this man who knew everything about her. And she's brave enough to go off and do that. And so it just reminds me again of this young woman that you're talking about. Like she's been, you've been intentionally seeking her out. You've been having some coffee with her, talking about her life every few weeks here and there. And then she opens up to you. This process, as you said to Dr. Shree was talking about, this process begins to happen in her own life. And then you see her take on confidence and ownership in her Bible study and kind of sharing those messages with others. It's like that Samaritan woman who's going back to the town saying, look, you've got to see this guy. And what we know in the, in the gospel, what ends up happening is the whole town comes out to meet Jesus. They invite him to stay. He stays for two days and the entire Samaritan town converts and they become belie- believers in the Messiah. And mm-hmm. it's just fantastic. And I just, I, when you're talking, I'm thinking, oh man, the gospel message, this is, this is it. This is how it works out in this modern day today. I mean, that's a beautiful experience that you get to be there and to walk with these people that God's asked you to walk with to share his love with them. Yeah. Amen to all of that. I mean, I like to say to people, you know, no offense to your job, but I think that I have the best job in the world because I get to see just like the women at the well, like I get to see these students just have these amazing, beautiful encounters with the Lord and be radically changed from that. I get to see them be transformed. And this one student that I shared about, she's just one example of so many that I've been blessed to be able to walk with. Coming into college, I was already living in the party scene and continued that lifestyle into college. By God's grace, I became involved with a focused Bible study. After a few months of living this exhausting double life of a party life and a church life, I had an opportunity to hear Rachel's testimony, and without her even knowing it, that pierced my heart. It was then that I realized I was made for more. Although Rachel was never technically my discipler, she deeply invested in me, became one of my closest friends, and showed me the love that Christ has for me as his daughter. I know that many of them, sorry to interrupt you, Richard, but I know that many of them feel the same way. They really feel that your work and your time spent with them does matter because, as I mentioned in my introduction, but I'll tell you, I mean, so I have on the podcast, Do Something Beautiful podcast. If you go to leadero.com, you can see the podcast page. and It's got all the past episodes. You can grab it all there. There'll, there'll be show notes in there too, some extra things in there that you don't normally see on iTunes whenever you look up a podcast. And then also on there is a form where people can submit suggestions of who they think I should talk to and interview on the Do Something Beautiful podcast. So people, you know, really doing beautiful things in the world to make it better. And so I guess some of your students are listeners of the podcast. So thank you, Eastern Michigan students. Um, (laughs) Shout out to you. But and so they emailed like they meaning I had dozens, dozens. (laughs) <laughs> so like this, I don't know, whatever day it was a few weeks ago, I'm checking my email, my work email, and I'm like, what the heck? I get this suggestion, podcast suggestion, podcast suggestion. And I'm like, okay, I get like four or five. I'm like, okay, so they really like this Rachel girl. All right. Okay. You know, we're and then after a few more minutes, there's like four or five more. I come back the next day, there's like seven more. Then the next day, there's like eight more. And I'm like, what is going on at Eastern Michigan University? Anyways, so what's going on, Rachel, is the fact that Christ is working in you because they have been dozens of people who have sent emails into me with little descriptions of saying that 
your work, your time, your joy in sharing Christ has changed their life. It's changed their life. There's emails. There's, there's just all these messages and all these stories of people saying that they never thought that they could ever feel loved the way that they now feel loved by God because you've introduced them to the Lord. Ooh. <laughs> Praise. Wow. Yeah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I'm sorry. I'm slightly emotional. You can't see me. So it's good. Those who are listening. <laughs> but praise God. Like, praise God. They know the love of the Father. And as I mentioned, I think I have the best job in the world um, because I just get to see the Lord doing the work because He's the one that's doing the work. He's the one that's touching their hearts. He's the one that's bringing about um, their transformation with His tender, patient love. And something that you mentioned earlier on in the podcast, you said, you know, yeah, this is my job as a focused missionary, but anyone can do it. Right. Anyone can walk with them, share kindness, share joy, share love. And I'm so grateful for these women <laughs> that I've been able, that I've been really gifted to walk with. And I'm excited to hear about how they walk with more women as well throughout the rest of their college career and throughout the rest of their lives. Yeah. Amen. You know, it always takes just one person, right, to stand up and say, I choose not to live this way anymore. It just takes that one moment to make that decision and wherever you are in life to choose to refuse mediocrity, mm. to refuse to be comfortable, to refuse, refuse sin. I mean, let's just name it for what it is. I mean, if you're there, if you're in that spot, wherever you're at, maybe it's not this huge thing where you're out going out, you know, doing terrible things, but you're also still just not living up to where Christ is calling you and you know it. Or maybe you're just massively unhappy and you're like, this just sucks, man. It just sucks. God is inviting you. He's calling you into a relationship with him. And it's so important for you to answer that call for your own soul, for your own, for eternity, and for also the beautiful ways God can work in you. I mean, Rachel, you years ago, you chose greatness over being comfortable. You chose a life with the Lord fully, completely, 100% devoted and, you know, still struggling and still trying, but you're going, that's going to be your aim and your goal is to live for Jesus Christ. And you made that decision in your life. And that one decision that you made, that Christ encountered you and your heart and your conscience where only he can enter in. No one else can do that, but Christ into our conscience. Only Christ journeys into your heart with you and speaks to you. And when you allow that moment, when we allow that moment for Christ to come into our heart and to speak truth and to speak love, mercy, our lives can be transformed if we allow that. And it's so beautiful because Christ does it because he loves you. And then in that process of loving you and healing you, that continues till the moment that we die and will continue on in eternity in a more beautiful and full way. But God will also say, hey, listen, you know, that's so wonderful that you experienced this love with me. And it's so wonderful that you experienced this mercy with me. Now, why don't you share that with others, right? It's like when we see a great movie and it's so fantastic, like you are compelled to share it with others. And just like this, this is no movie. This is real life with Christ. And we have this experience and opportunity to share that life with others, as you did, Rachel, with many others. And now, because of that moment, that one moment that you made all alone, 
you know, I have in my inbox right now, I don't know, like what, 23 emails of people <laughs> who have saying my life has changed and they gave reasons for it, that they pray now, they go to mass now because you witnessed to them how Christ loved you. Because, and there are three words that constantly came over in those emails and I wanted to just put them out there for you to know and for anybody else to hear and to listen. But it was the fact of when people said, Rachel's testimony changed my life. They said that you reminded them of their identity as a child of God. And then the third word that kept coming over in these email was that Rachel invited me. She invited me to mass. She invited me to Bible study. She invited me out for coffee. Three words, testimony, or we can say witness, identity, and invitation. That is living a Christian life. That is the epitome of living a Christian life, is witnessing to the love and mercy of Jesus Christ, knowing our identity and reminding others of their identity, and inviting people into the shared mission of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Rachel, you've been amazing. I could continue talking to you forever. And thanks for letting me just kind of like go on a rant there for the past few minutes. Uh, oh, it was beautiful. Well, we were supposed you. to have a conversation. I was not really, <laughs> I wasn't very good in my, in my dialogue there. But I just really felt inspired by the Holy Spirit just to say those things at that moment. But your life as a focused missionary is truly changing hearts. And, 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 and I know that might make you uncomfortable. And of course we know it is because of the power of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit working in you and through you to do that. But here's the thing. You are willing. And you've allowed the Lord to work in your life. And I just want to remind you, because I know it's challenging and I know it's difficult when we are always wanting to do the right thing. And sometimes we, we fail ourselves, but we're trying to serve others in whatever capacity that you yourself are serving, that it does matter that people are listening and, and, and people are being affected by how you live your life. So Rachel, thank you. Thank you for being an example of Christ's love and mercy, because one, it's awesome to talk to you, but, but. I'm the least of the people that you've affected. I've got, like I said, all these emails and plus many more people who didn't email who've been affected by the fact that you said yes to the Lord and that you've been continually faithful and you're not perfect, right? No. Right. (laughs) I mean, not pointing it out, but like, that's okay. Christ doesn't call you to be perfect. He calls you to be faithful, right? Amen. Amen. And so I just, I'm so thankful that you got to talk with us today. And I'm so thankful for the fact that you exist and that you've chosen Christ, and that you've allowed Christ to love other people through you. Amen. Thank you so much, Leah. And truly all glory to God. (laughs) All glory to God. Thank you so much for inviting me to be on this podcast. It's been such a joy to get to talk with you. Amen. Praise be to God. And you're right. All glory is to God always and forever. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, listen, Wow. Wrapping up another amazing interview with our beautiful Rachel Holmes, who's a Focus missionary. You can find out more about Rachel and the fantastic work that Focus does at focus.org. Is that right, Rachel? That's right. And you can support Rachel there too. You can go, they have like missionaries. You can actually support her missionary work. Like she's a missionary and you can support Rachel. So I'm on the page right now and it's just focus.org slash missionary slash Rachel dash Holmes. And you just click support Rachel if you want to, if you're like, you know what? I'm going to help out this girl. She's a fantastic missionary. I want to make sure that, you know, she's able to eat breakfast tomorrow. All you got to do is just go there and you can do it right there. You can give a little quick donation to Rachel if you'd like. And if not, definitely keep Rachel and all the students in your prayers and all focused missionaries. And remember, beautiful, beautiful brothers and sisters of Christ, whatever you do today, make sure you do something beautiful for the Lord. 